morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, October 13th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. inflation is looking pretty sticky, and the EU is investigating whether X is allowing disinformation to spread about the Israel-Hamas conflict. Plus, we take a closer look at the Hamas military commander who claimed to be behind Saturday's surprise attack. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. headline inflation didn't budge last month. It clocked in at 3.7% year-on-year, which, wouldn't you know it, was exactly the same pace as August. But it was higher than what analysts had expected. I'm joined now by the FT's Nick McGaw to unpack all this. Hey, Nick. Hey. So, Nick, is this good news? Is this bad news? Where are we at? It's not great news, no. Um, Economists have been hoping for a more clear reduction in the different inflation measures, We saw some of it, but not as much as people have been hoping for. And so it's just one month. The Fed probably won't get too carried away with it, but it does serve as a reminder that the fight against inflation is not completely over and there's still a lot of uncertainty about what happens going forwards. Yeah, I want to get to the Federal Reserve in just a bit, but first, why is inflation so sticky right now? So it's interesting because, as we mentioned, the inflation headlines were not good news, especially if you're a central bank official. But in a way, they are kind of a product of good news, which is that the economy has been holding up better than a lot of people had expected. We saw this also last week with data showing that the job market remains really tight. And all of that means that demand is staying fairly high, and that means price pressures remain very high, especially in areas like the housing market, which was one of the big drivers of the higher-than-expected inflation in September. So how is this all going to affect the Fed's next interest rate decision? When I say this, I mean, not just inflation, but, you know, the jobs report was really surprising. It came in much higher than economists had expected. Yeah, so the latest couple of sets of data, they probably don't tip a decision definitively one way or the other, but it does mean that all options are remaining on the table for now. So with that higher inflation and a strong jobs market, I think most people expect the Fed will at least keep rates steady at its next meeting in November because it's still just one month and they it can take a long time for monetary policy to have an impact. So they want to see how things are going. But there's a lot of uncertainty about what happens at the next meeting in December. Nick, it seems like markets have been coming around to the idea of higher rates for longer What was the investor reaction to the Consumer Price Index report that came out yesterday? So in a way, the reaction kind of reflected the general uncertainty about what all of this recent data means for the Fed interest rate picture going forwards. So Treasury yields went up, which does reflect the fact that there's a higher chance that the Fed lifts rates by the end of the year. Uh, And even if it doesn't, they're likely to keep rates high for a long time. But we're not quite at the peaks that we were at last week. So it's just basically yields have been bouncing around quite a lot as people try and work out what's going to happen next. Nick McGaw covers U.S. capital markets for the FT. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. The website formerly known as Twitter is in hot water with the European Union. 
On Thursday, the EU opened an investigation into the social media site X. Brussels is looking into whether the platform is spreading disinformation and violent content after Hamas attacked Israel last week. Sources told the FT that the EU sent X a bunch of questions that it needs to answer by next week. If X doesn't reply or botches the information, it could get hit with heavy fines. This is the first formal probe launched under the EU's new Digital Services Act. The DSA is cracking down on big tech as the bloc tries to keep Europeans safe online. Mehul Srivastava has been reporting on the Gaza conflict for the FT, and he's been looking into a central Hamas figure. The morning of the attack on Saturday, within a couple of hours of it beginning, an audio message was released by Hamas, claiming to be from Mohammed Dave, where he declared that this operation was his and took credit for it. Mohammed Dave is a man in his 50s at this point who has spent the majority of his adult life with Hamas carrying out murderous assaults against Israeli soldiers and civilians. Over time, he has risen to the top of the command structure in Hamas's military wing, and he's described as Israel's enemy number one. Mehul says Mohammed Def isn't his real name. It's probably a pseudonym derived from the Arabic word for guest. That refers to a tactic where Palestinian militants move from house to house. Palestinian fighters since the 1980s uh, and even before had picked up a habit of spending each night in a different sympathizer's home so that uh, they can evade detection from the Israelis who have a large network of informants, electronic surveillance, drones in the sky, in order to catch fighters just as Dave. Israel has vowed to uproot and eliminate Hamas, including Dave. In fact, they've tried several times to kill him before this latest conflict even started. There was an airstrike in which Mohammed Dave was hit. Reportedly, he crawled out of a burning car and has spent the rest of his life uh, in a wheelchair, having lost an arm maybe a leg. There was another assault on his house where reportedly his wife and a child were killed. But Gaza is a very densely populated place, and he's been able to hide from Israeli intelligence, from Israeli surveillance, from drones for more than 20 years. Mehul says that if Daif were to die, it would be a huge win for Israel, but maybe only a temporary one. Daif is considered to be the mastermind behind not just this uh, most recent assault, but so many in the past, that were he to be killed, it would be a huge victory for the Israelis. But in the past, as we've seen in Hamas, as people like Daif are assassinated, people that they have trained, uh, their protégés, they rise up to the top. Daif himself got to this job because his mentor, who taught him how to build bombs in the 90s, was killed by the Israelis. That was Mehul Srivastava, who's covering the Israel-Hamas conflict for the FT. Before we go, the FT News Briefing turns five this weekend. Time flies, right? To all our loyal listeners, thank you so much for tuning in each morning. And hey, if you want to get us a gift, we're really easy to shop for. Just tell your friends about us. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. In return, we have a gift for you. The Briefing is offering 50% off a digital subscription to FT.com. Get it while it's hot. The sale won't last forever. To cash in on this offer, just visit ft.com slash briefing sale. We have that link in our show notes. 
This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Sam Giovinco, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Bromley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.